Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Friday, February 23rd. Happy Curling is Cool Day, which does not celebrate hairdos or weightlifting, but the Olympic sport that Scots invented and Canadians always win. It involves sliding flat rocks across a froze-up lake and sweeping, of all things. And out of them three different kinds of curling, the sport's probably the least cool one of them, froze-up lake notwithstanding. Curlers call their sport chess on ice, but that don't really make it any cooler. Curlers also say if it was easy, they'd call it hockey. Hockey players call it Eskimo bowling. But as a Floridian, I'd just as soon stay out of it. Ain't my place to judge what y'all frozen turkeys do up north. I'm sure all that snow and ice is lovely up there in Canada, but making your life in a place that lakes even can freeze over, let alone often enough to build whole sports around it, is an alien concept to me. All a winter storm means to us down here is the surf's up and we gotta put on socks, maybe a hoodie. Today is also World Understanding and Peace Day, which celebrates the Rotary Club, a humanitarian group that promotes them two things and charity work. Y'all know how I'm always saying, if you ain't gonna make the world better, at least stop making it worse? Well, here you go. Except the thing I always wondered about these quasi-religious do-gooder clubs is why bother? Don't get me wrong, I think it's cool when the secular humanist types choose to follow some biblical-ish moral code, but Jesus is the only way to the Father we got. Good deeds don't get you in there any more than sin gets you kicked out. There's a lot of very nice people in hell. So, I mean, feed the homeless or shoot people. Without Jesus, the end result's the same. And that's disconcerting on a lot of levels. Our reading for today is Leviticus 14, 1 through 57, Mark 6, 30 through 56, Psalm 40, 1 through 10, and Proverbs 10, 11 and 12. So if y'all are ready, it's like Jesus said, love the Lord with all you got, then love your neighbor like your own self, and morality will just kind of happen. That may not be an exact quote. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 22nd in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 13, 1-59, and this chapter talks all about leprosy and how to handle it. And if you don't know, leprosy is a horrifying disease caused by bacteria called Mycobacterium leprae, which grow very slowly and it may take up to 20 years to develop signs. It affects the skin, eyes, and lining of the nose. The bacteria also attack the nerves which can cause the affected areas to lose the ability to sense pain, which can lead to even more injuries. It can result in paralysis in the hands and feet, and eventually the body may reabsorb the affected digits, and you lose your toes and fingers. Gross. And corneal ulcers and blindness can also occur if facial nerves are affected. Double gross. It's contagious, but it's harder to get than people think. But the CDC says they don't even know how it spread, so take that with a grain of salt. They do know that armadillas naturally carry the bacteria. So if you're one of them rednecks that likes to eat possum on the half shell, maybe think twice, because about 150 people in the U.S. get it every year. Wow. Fortunately, they can cure it with about two years worth of antibiotics, two or three of them at a time. But in Moses' time, antibiotics didn't exist. So once you got it, you just slowly rot it away. It's a serious disease, but there's a lot of serious diseases. So why does the Bible spend so much time on this one? Because it's a graphic illustration of sin's destructive power. 
In ancient Israel, leprosy was a powerful object lesson on the debilitating influence of sin in a person's life. Because just like that bacteria, once sin gets a hold of you, it also grows pretty slowly, quietly, in the background, so that you don't always notice it. And when it starts to have real bad effects, it's often too late. Sin also attacks your ability to feel. So it either takes more and more sin or new and sicker versions of sin to get whatever it is that you're after. It attacks your ability to see what's happening to you, too. Pretty soon, once your sin becomes obvious, nobody wants to be around you. And it continues to take you a piece at a time until you end up like some kind of golem thing, and then you die. And I'm sure there's more parallels, but that's all I could think of off the top of my head. Anyway, it was the priest's job to diagnose leprosy, and the Lord gave Moses detailed instructions on how to do it. And there's different kinds of leprosy, and he details how to recognize them. Like, for example, in verse 12 and 13, he appears to be talking about what's called lepra commonis, what they call dry leprosy, which my understanding is isn't contagious, and the priest can pronounce them clean. And in verse 30, he mentions a dry skull, and I'm not sure if this refers to another kind of leprosy or not. One commentary says it's a kind of mange or elephantiasis, but that doesn't sound right to me. And if it spreads, he's unclean anyway, so moot point. Leprosy can cause baldness, but just because a guy goes bald, don't mean he has leprosy. So the Lord made sure to include that in his instructions also. And leprosy can infect clothing too, and the Lord gives instructions on how to handle that. In verse 51, what he calls a fretting leprosy might be some kind of mildew, but I don't know. Now the Hebrews knew what leprosy was, but the Lord is teaching them. He's telling them not all leprosy is alike. And he gives remedies and puts the priests in charge of it for their sake. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 6, 1 through 29. And Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. But nobody took him seriously. They're all like, son of God, what are you talking about? You're Joseph's boy, that goofy little kid I used to babysit. Kind of like how it doesn't matter what you've accomplished in life. When you visit your mom, she always wants to embarrass you with stories about the dumb stuff you did when you were three. And Jesus was wise to that. He said, even a prophet of God is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And their lack of faith prevented them from experiencing any big miracles. Even though he was able to heal a few people, I guess they all thought that was a nice little trick and still didn't take him seriously. So he left. And I guess maybe he figured they'd take strangers seriously because he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. In verse 11, he tells them, Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. And this guy I know accused Christianity of trying to take over the world just like Islam is, but he's wrong. We're supposed to preach the word, but never force anybody. Christianity is voluntary, and if anybody ain't having it, shake the dust off your feet and move on. It's not your job to save anybody, because Jesus already did that, and you can't anyway. And they went out and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. And all this gets Jesus on Herod's radar. But Herod thinks he's actually John the Baptist come back from the dead to get him, I guess, because Herod executed John. He didn't want to. He had a lot of respect for John and his piety, but Herod had married his brother's wife Herodias, which wasn't her name, it just means she was of the family of Herod. But he shouldn't have done it, and John called him out. Herodias, 
not wanting anything to derail her gravy train, would have killed John if Herod would have let her. Then, on Herod's birthday, Herodias' daughter came to his party with all his lords and high captains and chief estates of Galilee and danced for them all. And I'd bet money that her mom put her up to it, and it must have been some kind of dance because Herod said right there in front of everybody that he'd give her anything she wanted up to half his kingdom. So she went to her mom, who said, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So she did. The King James said she asked for it in a charger, but the Greek says it's a platter. And a charger is sort of like a platter, but more bowl-shaped, and it's used for catching the blood of sacrifices. But whatever, this cold-hearted little teenage girl just asked her stepdad, for whom she performed what I can only assume was some kind of striptease, for a man's severed head. I mean, what is wrong with you people? I've seen some dysfunctional families, but darn. And I gotta wonder if Herod knew what he was getting into with that woman. Or maybe this is when he began to realize he was in over his head with her. Because he didn't want to do it. He liked John, kinda. But he promised in front of everybody, so chop, chop. And the executioner brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. And that's where we stopped, but darn, that's enough. Going back to Jesus preaching in his hometown. Now, these folks had powerful natural knowledge of who Jesus is, but it's natural. Their heart is hard because they can't get beyond their natural mind and open their ears to hear. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 39, 1-13. And David's talking about not sinning with his tongue through idle speech and careless words. Because like the squaw always says, words matter. And we will be held to account for what we say. God spoke the entire universe into existence, after all. And Jesus himself was the word of God made flesh. So it's not surprising that we, made in the image of God, might have some unknown or unrealized power in our words, too. Then, when he does start talking, he's musing about his short and vain life. Verse 6 says, Surely every man walketh in a vain shoe, meaning show, meaning a shade like a shadow, an image or likeness, just like a shadow of what's real. He says, Surely they are disquieted in vain, or anxious for no reason, because it's all vanity. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. Nothing in this carnal universe is really important. We're stuck here, and we got to deal with it, but eternity is what counts. Remember that when things go wrong. Yeah, and remember that when things go right, too. We should set our affections on things above, and not on things of the earth. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 10, verse 10, which says, He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a pratting fool shall fall. He that's cunning and deceitful is the idea. Those guys make trouble and hurt people, and so do fools. But for them, it's more like they take you down with them. Could he that winketh be a prankster? That causes sorrow. It isn't good to make sport of another soul. And who hasn't endured this before? You know, just kidding. Just making fun of you is all. My sense of humor's changed quite a bit in the course of trying to walk with the Lord. Just things I think about. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 23rd is Leviticus 14, 1-57. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet and hyssop, 
and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel overrunning water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop, and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head, and his beard and his eyebrows. Even all his hair he shall shave off, and he shall wash his clothes. Also he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two he-lambs without blemish, and one ewe-lamb of the first year without blemish, and three-tenth deals of fine flour for a meat offering, mingled with oil, and one log of oil. And the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean, and those things before the Lord, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall take one he-lamb, and offer him for a trespass offering, and the log of oil, and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering, in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering, it is most holy. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil, and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, and shall sprinkle of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. And of the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. And the priest shall offer the sin offering, and make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And afterward he shall kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall offer the burnt offering, and the meat offering, upon the altar. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, and he shall be clean. And if he be poor, and cannot get so much, then he shall take one lamb for a trespass offering to be waved, to make an atonement for him, and one-tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering, and a log of oil and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, such as he is able to get. And the one shall be a sin offering, and the other a burnt offering. And he shall bring them on the eighth day for his cleansing unto the priest, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And the priest shall take the lamb of the trespass offering, and the log of oil. And the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour of the oil into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before the Lord. And the priest shall put of the oil that is in his hand upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the place of the blood of the trespass offering, and the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, to make an atonement for him before the Lord. And he shall offer the one of the turtle doves, or of the young pigeons, such as he can get, even such as he is able to get, the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. 
with the meat offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed before the Lord. This is the law of him in whom is the plague of leprosy, whose hand is not able to get that which pertaineth to his cleansing. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When ye be come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession, and he that owneth the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seemeth to me there is, as it were, a plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house, before the priest go into it to see the plague, that all that is in the house be not made unclean. And afterward the priest shall go in to see the house. And he shall look on the plague, and behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house with hollow strakes, greenish or reddish, which in sight are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house, and shut up the house seven days. And the priest shall come again the seventh day, and shall look. And behold, if the plague be spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is. And they shall cast them into an unclean place without the city. And he shall cause the house to be scraped within round about. And they shall pour out the dust that they scrape off without the city into an unclean place. And they shall take other stones, and put them in the place of those stones. And he shall take other mortar, and shall plaster the house. And if the plague come again, and break out in the house, after that he hath taken away the stones, and after he hath scraped the house, and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look, and behold, if the plague be spread in the house, it is a fretting leprosy in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, the stones of it, and the timber thereof, and all the mortar of the house and he shall carry them forth out of the city into an unclean place. Moreover, he that goeth into the house, all the while that it is shut up, shall be unclean until the even. And he that lieth in the house shall wash his clothes. And he that eateth in the house shall wash his clothes. And if the priest shall come in and look upon it, and behold, the plague hath not spread in the house, after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, because the plague is healed. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop, and he shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel overrunning water. And he shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet and the living bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and in the running water and sprinkle the house seven times. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the running water and with the living bird and with the cedar wood and with the hyssop and with the scarlet. But he shall let go the living bird out of the city into the open fields and make an atonement for the house and it shall be clean. This is the law for all manner of plague of leprosy and skull, and for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, and for a rising, and for a scab, and for a bright spot, to teach when it is unclean, and when it is clean. This is the law of leprosy. And our reading in the New Testament for February 23rd is Mark 6, 30-56. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus, and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and out went them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. 
He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread, and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five, and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks, by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and brake the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret, and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him, and ran through that whole region round about, and began to carry about in beds those that were sick, where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets, and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. Our reading in Psalms for February 23rd is Psalm 40, 1-10. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. And our reading in Proverbs for February 23rd is Proverbs 10, 11, and 12. In the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. And that'll do it for the 23rd. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Colossians 3.2, which says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little bit on where to keep your focus. 
because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, your word tells us that although for now we are trapped in this fallen universe, this world is not our home. We're only passing through. And though from our linear perspective, it can be difficult to separate the holy from the carnal, it's for that we must strive. For though we must be in the world, it's imperative that we not be of the world. For that path leads only to sin and eternal death. Teach us to see from your eternal perspective, Father, and help us keep our eyes toward heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yalling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, the best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make the world any better, just try not to make it any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Leprosy can cause baldness. Calls. <laughs> Leprosy calls baldness. That's like quite a calling. That's not what it says.